The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 9. Daniel West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Howdy and welcome to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies and series, including SG-1, Atlantis, Universe, and more. I'm Father Corey Steak, and I'm taking over for uh, Jack Berzini this week. He unfortunately had to travel through the Stargate on a secret mission, and he couldn't be with us this week. Fortunately, Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs are able to be here. So how's it going, Lisa? It's pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? Doing well. And how about you there, Victor? Doing great here. Thanks, Father Corey. Yeah, well, glad to glad to be here and glad to take over for Jack. He did have a uh, work obligation, so he wasn't able to join us. But I can fill in because I've done one or two of these these podcasts before. Um, today we're we're discussing the eighth episode of the first season of SG One, Brief Candle, and Victor is volunteered to do the summary. So, Victor, why don't you tell us about this episode? Give us our summary. Well, thanks, Father Corey. So in this episode, Jack and the gang arrive on Argos, where the Stargate is situated on a very swanky pad next to a large statue of the Gould Pelops. Uh, they're joined soon by two natives, Alakos and Thetis, who enlist Daniel into delivering their baby after Carter defies gender stereotypes. And then they <laughs> name their baby Dan L in, order, uh, in honor of him. It turns out SG-1 has found themselves on a planet of attractive people. Based on the Mycenaean civilization, and at the bris, a native named Kinthia, that's with a K, offers Jack some cake, which has apparently been laced with THC because after Jack eats it, he starts tripping. One thing leads to another, and he wakes up the next morning in bed with Kinthia, with a K, and feeling very hungover. And it soon becomes apparent to the gang that everyone in Argos is aging super quickly, including baby Danel, who now appears to be four years old. Uh, Kinthia, with a K, for example, reveals that she's only 31 days old. And that she believes uh, herself married to Jack since he ate her wedding edible. And to add injury to insult, it also appears that Jack is now aging very rapidly as well. Hammond won't let Jack back home, but does allow Carter and Dr. Frazier to have a look at his blood, which is filled with tiny self-replicating nanocytes. Not to be confused with nanites or replicators, because they are both. And back on Argos, Jack's old age makeup goes from bad to worse as he transitions (laughs) (laughs) into a crazy old coot. But after convincing the Argosians that their condition is a result of a gold uh, experimentation, he gets them angry enough to channel their inner Antifa and topple the statue of Pelops. SG-1 says her goodbyes to Jack via Zoom, and with all the hope of being saved now gone, Jack opens himself up to Kinthia with a K emotionally, and then he discovers the true secret of the nanocytes. They're operated by a remote transmitter, which is uh, in the base of the toppled statue. That statue, uh, the transmitter is broken, the day is saved, and we learn that Jack will eventually revert to his prior age but only Jack because his nanocytes were just kidding around, I guess. And because having Kinthea with a K revert to a month old baby in front of the audience would make their tearful goodbye. Very, very creepy. Um, oh, and I should note that this episode was written by uh, Catherine with a K powers. 
Uh-huh. Now that everybody's offended. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Antifa's coming for you, Victor. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I had to specify it because oftentimes you'll see uh, Kinthea spelled with a C. Mm. And so I had, I, had, uh, I had to specify that. So, Lisa, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> oh, the truth? <laughs> yeah. I uh you know what this felt like some cheesy oh you know like I guess you'd say like it, okay it reminded me of a next generation episode. All the soft colors, the kind of overtly sexual stuff. Uh yeah. Wesley Not, standing trial for uh walking yeah. on the grass. Yeah, yeah, I just it's you know, I, I always like Jack. Don't get me wrong, but but no, this is an episode. It's it was it was a little cringy to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how about how about you there, Victor? I, I get a feeling that you probably agree. Or uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they they the Stargate franchise comes back to the you know putting our actors in old age makeup. Um, I think maybe five or six times past this, maybe more, and each time it's better uh, executed than it is here. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little more on the positive side of this one, but just a little bit. I, I, you know, if you look at it as kind of a goofy episode, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of silly. Um, it does. I do agree. It it does have definitely the uh, sexualization in there, uh, big time. And we'll talk a little bit about that, and you know, for reasons why they do it. But uh, it I, it's not the worst episode by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I, I would I would still say it's better than most first season next gen episodes um but I, yeah, I didn't realize that well Catherine powers was involved in it in in at least doing the teleplay for it so yeah that you know so far she's not doing too well although <laughs> next next story is one of was one that she wrote and that's much better so <laughs> there is hope there um well i mean let's start out with just talking about the planet itself p3x8596 argos uh you know, it's very much obviously a Greek inf- inspired um, world. And uh, Argos is named actually for a city in Greece. That There is actually a city in Greece named Argos, which is near Corinth. Now, as, as Christians, where, where have we heard of Corinth? Uh, I think there's some Paul guy went there. Uh, it, it is near Corinth, as in the Corinthians, you know, where St. Paul wrote letters to them. Um, and I, I did like the Greek influence you know i've always liked the greek architecture i've always thought it was pretty cool and the statue was obviously very greek and these people come across a lot better than the uh, neo minoans that we met in um uh what was it broke a divide mm-hmm. well there's there is a connection there though uh the t- you notice that the temple was the same set oh no i didn't notice that it's no, the, but, i mean it looks familiar but it yeah. was the, it, i i think it really was like the same building because like where the where the stargate was in this one is where they would put the people who were being turned into the uh neanderthals ah uh, the, the yeah. cone of shame or whatever it was it was, called, the, yeah. it was the same yeah <laughs> so it was it that was you know that's that's obviously you know of course this you know first season of of mm-hmm. the the of the series they gotta save money where they can you know so they probably figured no one would notice. Yeah, just give it another coat of paint, put a different statue in there. No one's <laughs> going to tell the difference. But yeah, there was I do like how this builds out on the Gould uh, mythology here is that, you know, the Gould aren't just taking people to use as slaves. Some of them are experimenting on them. Um, in this case, it's implied that that he wants to create uh, Pelops wants to create the 
like the super Jaffa, mm -hmm. and that's why he's you know speeding up evolution. Yeah. And we see this, um, you know, Nirti uh, is another Gould who's who's doing something similar, although for different reasons, and then who we meet later on. So yeah, this is surprisingly the only time that we see quote unquote Pelops, although he's mentioned uh, later on. Uh, I forgot to write down what the episode one, but it's the one where they're doing the they're testing the 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 um. Testing the the uh, cadets who could be potentially become the new uh, members of SG, one of the SG teams. Um, he's mentioned there, but the, we don't actually see him. He doesn't have any part to play in the actual plot. Um, but I, I mean, it's kind of surprising because you think this would be a, a something that they would have explored. You know, this this gold that he, his only interest is is. Uh, doing testing he's not out there to mm -hmm. conquer the universe and be the the system lord of the system lords yeah i think it would have been a nicer arc for this one if we'd kind of seen him again or referenced him or you mm -hmm. know because it is the first time we run into one doing uh something other than just trying to enslave and kill to, trying to be the bad guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they also leave it open in this as to whether or not pelops is actually still alive or not i mean it, yeah. you know the way Jack wrecks his experiment, you'd think he'd like show up right away, but maybe not. But how many, <laughs> yeah, how many planets have we seen so far where the Gwald has just basically said, well, I'm done with this and moved on. And, you know, you could, you could imagine that he probably did just that. Well, my experiment's done, but I'm just going to leave him alone. Who cares? Yeah. Well, it is, it is interesting because this early on in the season or in the series, it really kind of helps you realize how large the potential is for worlds. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not like every planet they go to, they're running into Gould still there in Jaffa. I mean, so far we haven't really seen that many. So right. it's, it's, it just, it just again opens that door broader for them to explore. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, and you know, there, there's a trap they could have very easily fallen into because of budget restrictions and so on of, well, we're just, we're just going to see Apophis every week. We're just going to see 5,000, <laughs> the same 5,000 Jaffa every week, but instead they're able to expand it out, um, mm -hmm. with these different actors, especially with these different actors and so on, you know, cause that's, that's got to cost money to get different people to come in as guests. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And we had some some good Gould tech in this one too. Mm -hmm. The the little uh, Kindle that they that they find next to the statue. <laughs> the Kindle. And yeah, yeah, and the that, that was kind of neat. And um, you know, it was like a paper white where the the pages turn and stuff. And um, good interplay between uh, Daniel Jackson and Teal'c about you know how the obscure dialect of Gould is like linear A script and yeah. uh, translating it and stuff. So <laughs> and, I thought that, that part says, was why nice. Why didn't yeah. you tell me? He says, "You didn't ask." Yeah, yeah, basically you didn't yeah, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but yeah, that's basically yeah. what he said. Um and also we had, yeah, we had the transmitter, which that was that was uh interesting. Although, you know, you you wonder how long it's been that this experiment has basically been running on its own. You know, where the yeah. where the god uh just basically left it and you know how long that transmitter's been sitting there running. Which which means Gaul obviously have very good batteries. <laughs> they also have like like very good food supplies too to feed you know the civilization yes. for as long as they've been yeah. as long as they've been there unless it's like the Dharma initiative like air dropping supplies you know 
So yeah, I wasn't the only one who thought about that, huh? They've yeah. got a hundred days, right? And they just party for a hundred days. And I'm thinking, so who's getting their food? Who's making right. their clothes? Like, what's going on? I'm, I, and then I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Quit the overthinking. Yeah. It. And like, how do it. they learn to talk by like day six, right? Yeah. I mean, their brains must be like super evolved or something. But we which did kind realize of like, they can't write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the, but you know, mm-hmm. the, again, we've seen that before in Stargate, where the Gwald purposely withheld the act of writing um, mm-hmm. from Abydos, where they they weren't allowed to, you know, even just the the act of someone else writing was was forbidden. And, oh yeah, you know, and that they uh, react, you know, would react badly if someone was ever caught actually doing any kind of written language. So that's that's not unbelievable. But yeah, like who did did Kintia? make that cake all of a sudden or was it you know in the f- deep freeze somewhere or the gold <laughs> yeah. deep freeze somewhere or she just cat she just keeps one right yeah. nearby just yeah. you know in case someone shows up we, or we, we didn't we someone see catches the, her eye that day yeah yeah we didn't see the gold replicators around the corner apparently <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> the the wedding cake uh, vending machines there just, like, spitting them out I thought it would have been neat though at the end if um if all of the like Ar- Argosians had like devolved into like babies but still kept their ability to like talk and do stuff yeah. and then they could have been like a planet of baby geniuses and like <laughs> they could have like come back every once in a while and there'd be all these little babies running around and I don't know I thought that would have been neat but I guess for reasons they didn't do that <laughs> that that was one of my questions because you know of course at the end they'd say that Jack is going to go back. And of course we know he is because next week he's got to be back to his old, you know, 40 ish years old self. Um, and so, you know, he's going to have to go back, but it, and it's, well, it made the appearance in an adult. They, the nanites for whatever reason makes it look like he's getting old, but he's not really getting old, even though he mentioned having health issues that come with age, but that's another story. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. And not to mention was, was walking like someone who was in their eighties that was having bad knees and everything. But it, you know, at least they didn't do the, you know, the, the Star Trek. Well, the the transporter will just beam them through the transporter. That'll fix it. You know, when he walks through the gate, that'll fix it. No, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, that was the question I had too. And they did kind of hang a lantern on that of, well, what about the Argosians? And it's like, well, because they're from kids, you know, they, they've been having this from their, from their, from being a child. It's just going to stop at that point And they're going to have normal development from there. So, uh, like I said, kind of hang a lantern on it, but. Mm-hmm. yeah and apparently the the nanosites which which i thought it was really cool that they were adapting to the point where they would like eat carter's gloves yeah um because that does like you know it does prefigure the replicators and then you know the uh the um pegasus galaxy replicators and all of their little experiments that they did on dr weir but um yeah, they can also apparently like selectively grow hair out really long, but not beards, and also <laughs> and also uh, change people's accents too. Yeah, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack O'Neill's accent definitely does uh, change throughout. Gets the you know the hey, you kids get off my lawn. <laughs> Pelops can't see you. He's just a statue. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely becomes cranky old man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if like Richard Dean Anderson saw the script and was like, oh, they want me to be an old man. Okay. I'll give him the old man. You I'll know, give him the crotchety old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is a question. How much latitude did they give him in all these different you know, episodes? Like where he's in the, 
you know, broke a divide, right? Where he's, he's become Neanderthal or whatever. How much do they just say, go with it? You know, what, what, whatever oh, you feel about it. I, I, I'm sure he had plenty cause he was, he was <laughs> like the big name actor in this. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure he had plenty of, of, uh, I mean, we, we talked about before that they changed it from O'Neill with one L to two L's because he wanted to, you know, just a little subtle way to change the character mm-hmm. so that he could go with more of the humor that he wanted to do. So I, I could see him very much. OK, fine. I'm going to ham up the old man routine. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's one of the delights of, of this episode. Um, and there are others, too. <laughs> Uh, we get, uh, for, well, fortunately, unfortunately, it's not a Nichelle Nichols fan dance at least. Mm. Um, uh, but, uh, we get, we get lots of, uh, hangover humor as well after, oh, yeah. after the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the incident. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, you know, and Kintia is, is kind of an interesting character because of course, yes, she basically seduces him after just meeting him. But, you know, I suppose if you only live a hundred days, you got to move quick if you want to have kids and stuff. So well, I was thinking about that, actually. So she was supposed to be what, 30, 31, I forget how many days, 31 days. Yep. And the, the, the couple that we met who were giving birth, mm-hmm. right. They said they were 20, 21, 21 days. Yep. So she's made it. Let's just pause here. She's made it to 31 days and hasn't, or does she have a kid running around out there who's mm-hmm. now you know, yeah, maybe or, or maybe this was her kid. I mean, you think about that. Like they have a very limited pool of people. So mm-hmm. do you just hang out to thirty-one days waiting for a stranger to walk through the Stargate? Maybe she only marries I- people who are like eighty or ninety days old, and then like waits for them to die and gets all their stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Jack does say that she likes older men. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh. I say she's interesting, though, because she really is one of the first that kind of believes him, even if, you know, she's upset when mm-hmm. he first, you know, kind of goes off on her. Um, she's one of the first to really kind of believe that, OK, there, there's more to this than what we think, you know, that that this isn't how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Uh, we got her. We got Alekos and Thetis, who are the, the couple that had the, the Danielle, uh, not, you know, not to be conv- confused with Jorel, but. Or Kal-El or Kal-El, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they, they're the ones that first believe. And then, of course, they're the ones that then uh, turn around and topple the statue. So they're, they're kind of interesting that they would be convinced uh, so easily mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, maybe there is more to this. Uh, and you can go out and explore the world and it's not going to hurt you. It, you can go out and, you know, and then come back and teach others. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good episode. We we get Daniel Jackson shooting his mouth off again at General Hammond yeah. when, uh, when General Hammond doesn't want another <laughs> virus coming through the Stargate. Um, yeah, yeah. If, Daniel Jackson hasn't quite gotten this whole military, you know, you, you don't yell at your superior officer. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> when does he figure that out? Um, I think episode or season 10. Yeah. Yeah. He's a civilian. He can get away with it. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, there were some great little one liners in this one. You know, lots of quips, lots of funniness. Let's see that they, um, what was it? Daniel Jackson said, this looks like paradise. Mm -hmm. 
and because Jack says something's off and they talk about no one's over 40 and they're all good looking. And what was it? What could go wrong? Here's a, take an apple. I thought it was interesting. And then he says that. And then five minutes later, he's eating cake. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) the the cake is rations from now on. Yeah. The the cake is not a lie. Oh wait, that's portal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as much cringiness as I felt with this one, my, my uh, 14 year old daughter, when this one came on, she's like, Oh, I remember this one. I like this one. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, this this felt like a Star Trek episode all the way through. I mean, even the title is is a reference to Shakespeare. It's uh, one of the Macbeth uh, soliloquies. And, um, you know, at least they didn't give uh, Jack a flute, you know, when he left. And that was the only thing that... <laughs> Yeah, he, he took kinda, with him from the planet. Yeah, he does kind of ditch Kinthia though. We never see her again, even though he's supposedly married to her. Oh, well, that's right. I don't think it's a sacramental marriage because Jack did not <laughs> realize he was getting married, so he and did he was, not assent to the, yeah. to the marriage. Yes, and there was duress involved, right? A little under the influence of the cake. Well, yeah. and some underessing too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but. <laughs> We're going to have to keep track of all of the women that they leave in yes. different ports, right? Between yeah. him and uh, actually all three of them. Yeah. And then there's, then don't worry, Carter has her string of boyfriends. Yep. Right? So oh, yeah. it's a yeah, little equal the, opportunity later on. One of the Deloise brothers, I think, right? Yeah. 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 We see a lot of Deloise later. Oh, yeah. Including Dom DeLuise, which is an awesome episode. I can't wait till we get to that one. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good one. <laughs> no, that's, that's one of my favorites. Um, you know, I, I one thing I do laugh about, of course, and part of this is because this is, you know, an early 90s TV show, mid 90s TV show is some of the technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Carter's sitting there and in the, the lab looking at the computer. And, and first of all, I always love the NEC monitors. Because yeah. I wanted one of those so bad. Those were the monitors oh. to get back in the day. Those were yeah. the multi-sync. Those were the best monitors until LCDs came out. And, of course, she's sitting there. And uh, why did I just blank on her name? The the doctor. Fraser. Dr. Fraser. Hands her a floppy disk with all this live video. And I'm there going, yeah, that's, well, maybe it's a super disk. Maybe it's, you know, the 120 megabit, <laughs> megabyte super disk. It's just, it, it definitely shows the technology of the time. And I, I love that you can even hear yeah. it click in place. It's like, I recognize that sound. I remember doing that with floppies. They're, they're using yeah. a middle out compression algorithm or something yeah. to store all that video on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is back when this came out, did we have that reaction? Or is it only now we're like, hmm. So yeah, what it, did you think back then? Did well, you recognize it for? You know, again, I, I watched a little later, but I mean, even when, you know, by the year 2000, 2005, um, video technology on a computer was, was, if it wasn't on a DVD, it was, it was terrible. You know, you mm-hmm. couldn't download videos like you can today. You couldn't, you know, to stream videos, it wouldn't happen. So to, to see something like that, it still would have been kind of the science, science fantasy, science fiction type. Yeah realm i mean you know of course the funny part is what we would what even about this time why wouldn't they have just been networked computers they wouldn't have had to have the little pass of the floppy disk they said oh here probably that was probably some director or some prop guy that's like hey it looks better if you hand them something yeah exactly 
Exactly. It's like like handing a USB key or something today, you know. Right. Or a, or a CD-ROM with like tiny robots written on it in Sharpie or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like the the title of an album from someone, but or a band. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a band, Tiny Robots. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then then of course we got the nanites that that can eat through the gloves. Uh, not airborne mm-hmm. though. That that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. then they then they put on the NBC gear, the the nuclear, biological, and chem gear. It's like okay, we already know it can eat through the gloves. <laughs> Those masks probably don't stand a chance. <laughs> but then they take it off immediately. Yeah. Right. Well, they, they just wore. Through, they just wore. They take it off. Yeah, they wore it because General Hammond ordered them to. You know, you know it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you can't see us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah get to the bus stop take your winter coat off you know yeah. <laughs> or or you know you go to a store where you know you can get away with not wearing a mask i was i was gonna make that <laughs> yes <laughs> oh they didn't have the ma- mandatory sign whoops <laughs> yep exactly um one thing one thing we do have a mention in this though um and it i think it probably is a prefiguring is uh tilk mentions good gold yes and of course, yes. Jack, under the influence of of wedding cake, uh, <laughs>, laughs about it. But of course, we know later uh, the Tokra are good gold, more or less. Um, now, now remind me when when do we actually see them for the first time? Ooh. I think it's at the beginning of next of season two. Is it season two? Yeah, I think it's season. Yep. Two. I, I thought it was fairly early on. I know it was. I knew it wasn't season one. Um, but I thought it was fairly early on that we get to. I think so because just we meet Cassandra Joanna. is still little. Yep. So that's uh, and that that of course becomes a very important part of um going forward the advancement of the uh, especially of, of humanity and technology and so on, but also of of taking care of the the Gwauld. Uh, the Tok'ra are a very important part of that. They're very big allies in that. Uh, not always the friendliest allies, but friend allies nonetheless. <laughs> so, so yeah. questionable morals still. Yep. Uh, it's it's episode two of uh, season two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it is so, yeah. not that far off then. Cool. So it, it, it pretty clear then this was some idea they had from the beginning that they were going to have kind of this counter gold race. So that's. Yeah, so get a little prefiguring that. Right. And we also get the first time the word death glider is used. Oh yeah. We, of course we hear that all the rest of the way, but it but it's this is the first time that uh, Carter actually says, you know, that there that no death glider that there weren't any death gliders on the planet. <laughs> and I, I noticed in the credits as well, Robert C. Cooper, who um, had written his first episode, uh, The First Commandment, uh, first commandment mm-hmm. is now listed as executive story editor uh, mm-hmm. for the show. And so um, you'll start to see the quality of the episodes go up from there. Must have been, must have been brought, on, brought on after they started recording, you know, after they yeah. started filming. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else uh, that you'd like to mention, Lisa? No, I I guess for me, uh, just just to jump back to the whole feminist, we'll call it the feminist issue. Um, it's funny because for a show that did so well for so many years of um, having strong female characters and not making an issue out of it, you kind of forget this first season had so many issues with mm-hmm. this this 
tropes of women and the way, you know, just the way they handle things, right. you know? And so it's, I don't know. I guess I cringe. I laugh. I don't think that I really thought about it back when I first watched it, but now mm. a, a little bit older, you know, and having teenage young adult girls myself, it's kind of funny. I'm watching it and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I do but have to admit. I know it gets better. <laughs> I do have to admit I did laugh at where the, you know, they've got this woman in labor and Jack immediately looks at Carter. She's like, I don't know how to handle <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, why? Why are you yeah. looking at me? Just because I'm a woman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, Daniel knows what to do. I mean, oh, of course, he I think does. that's kind of how it is all the episodes, right? Of course, Daniel knows what to do. He yeah. figures it out. And if Daniel didn't know it, then Tilk would because it's Tilk an obscure it. dialect that only three people in the universe know, yeah. and he happens to be one of them. And- <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> how about you, there, Victor? Anything else you want to? Um, well, a couple of observations. I think uh, Jack speaks for all of us when, towards the end of the episode, he he asks. Why aren't we unconscious yet? Why aren't we asleep? <laughs> it's kind of how I felt by that point. And I believe Shakespeare spoke for all of us too when when he said, "Out, out, brief candle." Oh yeah, that's yeah, sure. So you're seeing this is not on on either of your rewatch uh, lists. I'm well, good. I, I rewatched it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I never Jack. have to do that again. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh-huh. actually that's in uh, Secrets of Doctor Who. I, I noticed what we're going to be watching in two weeks after I finished watching the episode for this week. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but looking forward, I think we're I shouldn't say that out loud, but I think we're good for a while. I think this is where we yep. really start, you know, getting the meat of uh, the show. Yeah, we've right? really got yeah. Thor's, Thor's Hammer and Torment of Tantalus in the next two weeks. So yeah. those both yeah. good episodes that, that, that kind of fill in more of the the, mm-hmm. the lore and the, the storyline. So, yeah, we do have more to look forward to. So definitely uh, keep keep listening to Secrets, <laughs> you know, Secrets of Stargate. We'll get there. We'll get to better stuff. Uh, but uh, and but, uh, no, no dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah, that's that's the next episode in two weeks of Doctor Who. Oh, no. <laughs> that's the one where I kind of looked at it and went, oh. So anyways, that's something to look forward to if you listen to Secrets of Doctor Who when uh, the three of us completely ripped that episode apart. So, But for the Secrets of Stargate, uh, I would we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who made it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate and all the SQPN episodes, including Henry S Joby W Eric R will W and David W their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by vis- visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow this show and the other Stargate, uh, StarQuest uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at Stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or on Twitter at SQPN. We have a StarQuest fan club that you can you can join. You can join the mailing list by texting StarQuest at 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. 
We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1 Thor's Hammer. Until then, Yay. Lisa Jones, thank you for joining <laughs> us in dis- sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Father Corey. Victor Lands, thank you as well. Thanks, Father Corey. And once again, I'm Father Corey Stika. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. And remember, yeah, sure, have an apple. What could happen? Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs>